0: everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled Jeff Glock podcast I'm your host Jeff Glock but actually it's not just another edition of the untitled Jeff Glock podcast because this was holy crap you guys we just saw one of the craziest finishes in NASCAR history I'm pretty sure I'm not going out on a limb by saying that and I am here with CJ Wolver from Fox Sports to help break this
1: down I cannot believe what we just saw CJ that was amazing and i tell you the 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 rest of the race was not a snoozer by, mm-hmm. by any means but it could have been and this entire roval situation that we've been in over the past few months would have been worth it because of that finish
0: oh i know right i and know
1: how long has it been since we've seen somebody coming to the line you have no idea it was up between three four guys at the end once we saw the leaders go around it reminded me of Richard Petty and David Pearson at the Daytona 500 battling each other through the through the grass and when was the last time anyone made that kind of comparison uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway nonetheless so oh I, I loved it that was so much fun and ultimately I think the Roval was a success that was great I I would have to say so I mean even though there you know there's a lot of
0: people during the race and, and you know it the Roval it turned into like a strategy road mm-hmm. course race. Um, and it was actually going to be fine because there was a lot of drama. Uh, it was still a playoff elimination race. There was still, oh, could they make it on fuel? Who's going to make it? People are going to run out. And that in itself was pretty good. There wasn't like all the chaos that we thought was going to happen. Then the caution comes out. Then it sets up a restart. And Brad Kozlowski, as Todd Gordon said to Joey Logano, leads the army off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Pile drives it straight into <laughs> turn one in one of the most – I was I was like, What? What the hell just happened? And then Larson basically follows him in there. I don't think Larson was going to make the corner either. Kyle nope. Bush said we're all stupid. I wasn't going to make the corner. Other people piled in, and that set up um, a, a red flag, and more chaos at the end. Um, and, but then even even then, it looks like um, you know, hey, there's going to be a great battle. It's going to come down to the playoff spots back in the field between you know Boyer, Alex Bowman. What's going to happen? All Marola's in there. What's going on? And then the the race, all of a sudden, they focus on, well, who's coming to the line? You know, Jimmy Johnson, he's finally going to win again. Here he goes. Oh, he's got underneath him coming out of NASCAR 4. Next thing you know, oh, he's going to make a move. What? what? He's spinning right. out. He takes tricks with him. And then Blaney wins the race. Holy crap. I just – I cannot wait to watch the replay of this, like, multiple times.
1: I was heartbroken there for a second. And not to, uh, you know – Say that I wouldn't be excited for Truex. I absolutely would be. It was a big day for uh, for Truex and with Share, you know, driving the pace car. It would have just been a nice bow to a nice weekend for Truex. But when I saw Jimmy making that move, I thought, here we go. This is seven time, and this is the Jimmy we know. To see him go around, I was heartbroken for him whenever that happened, and then for him to clip Truex. I don't even honestly. I'll be. I was watching the front. I was watching for the win. I didn't know who was in third. When I they had both, no idea. When they both went around. I had around. no idea. So I was waiting to see who TV said was the winner because I was just reacting to this. And so to see Blaney come across that line. And how great is Blaney, too, after winning a race? He gets out and he's... Did you guys like that? How was, was that fun? Like oh, he's really? See, I didn't that. even see. I, I
0: sprinted out of the media center to Pitt Road, so I didn't even see his interview or anything.
1: That mellow Blaney, that always composed Blaney, uh-huh. that, you know, some people complain about, which I don't get. It's part of Blaney's, I guess, brand, really. He climbs out after winning the inaugural Roval race in one of the most dramatic finishes I can remember. And he climbs out, and he's talking to Rutledge Wood, and he just goes, well, thanks for coming out here, Rut. Did you guys like that? Was that fun? I mean, it was just <laughs> – you, you'd have never known. You'd think he had just won a game of pool with his friends. Like, it was just – it was neat. I like that side of Blaney. That's awesome. Well,
0: I can, I can understand where you're coming from. So, it's like, this is going to be a great finish, and, oh, Johnson spun himself out. Oh, it's too bad. And then you're saying that for half a second. And then all of a sudden, when he clips Truex, it, like, takes it to another level. It's like, oh, my gosh, both the leaders spun. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going on? And then – um, so I, so I was looking at the points, the live points, and I hadn't seen all what, what happened yet. Cause not all of them across the finish line before I ran out. So I tweet, Oh, Jimmy Johnson looks like he's made it by one point. Jeez. You know, boy, he almost missed it. By the time I get to Jimmy Johnson's car, Bob Parker's standing there. He's looking at his fan vision and Bob's running up all <laughs> frantic. And he's like, I think Jimmy missed. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he missed. There's a three way tie and it looks like Jimmy's out and he might still get a 32nd penalty, even if. You know, right. we don't know what happened. They're cutting the chicane. Yeah. And so it um, looks like Jimmy's lost this tiebreaker. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I was trying to watch Jimmy's face. Apparently, somebody tweeted me that Chad, I guess, on the radio on the way in, had said, hey, buddy, I, I think we're out. But I think Jimmy wasn't quite sure. Um, did the TV interview. And, and, again, I don't know what he said because it's, it's so chaotic out there. But when – the when they told him that he had lost on a tiebreaker um, on ra- on radio on PRN, I was standing there and his his face was sort of like, oh, like it seemed like he was like that was how like he right. didn't he didn't really. And the grasp same thing it. happened
1: to me. I didn't think really there was any way for Jimmy to miss either. But yeah. one thing that we were talking about just before you you uh, we, we came on the air, um, I don't really know why Jimmy didn't just finish second, and and I realize this is. This is the NASCAR Cup Series. This is a roval race. You want your drivers to be getting every inch on the track that they can every second. I understand that. Go 110%. Go get that win. There's a trophy that you're chasing. I understand that. But I kind of feel like the Jimmy Johnson and the Chad Knauss of old would have never tried to make that move mm-hmm. because they were the kings of gaming this system to make sure that they're there and that they're a part of the conversation when we get to homestead that's why he has challenged champion- seven championships that's why he won five in a row and so i don't really know why jimmy made that move there at the end you said you talked to him he thought that you know, he didn't matter what happened that he was going to be in. He also thought he could make the move, but I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah. So a couple things there. First of all, he, like you said, he did think he could make the move. He thought he had room. Didn't think he was going to lock up the brakes and spin. Um, Second, I don't, he didn't seem to be considering that fact that he could miss in that situation. He thought he would be good. Even after he spun, he thought, you know, I just lost the race. I didn't know that I was going to be out. Um, But confronted with that, fact, somebody asked him, would you do it again, all over again? He started to say, well, I'm a racer. I like to go for the wins. And then he said, no, I mean, if I knew this was going to happen, I want to race for the championship. That's what it's all about. But I have to wonder if this drought that he's had, he hasn't won all year. You know what I mean? If, if he was, if this was 10 years ago or whatever it was, and he's winning five races a year or, or whatever it is, and he's got a chance to win this or advance. And he's think he they're going to play the smart play, like you said. I think the fact that he hasn't won all season, there was his chance. Mm-hmm. The desperation was there. Like I got to win. Right. You know what I mean? His mm-hmm. his girls introduced him today before the race. They they've been saying, "Daddy, we want you to win." All the stuff. He's he's certainly been feeling the pressure, and it was right there. The temptation to win went uh, got him. Right. He went for it, and it cost him. The being
1: able to move on. So uh, the the circumstances are certainly different, but it's just as you know, I've got to look at this as the Jimmy Johnson fans. We're going mm -hmm. to Dover next week. Jimmy Johnson in Dover with momentum. You know, not just not just going in and still being able. He's going in after basically being a conversation for the win at the end of this race. He didn't get it. Martin Truex Jr. won another race, but maybe this would have been that momentum change where, oh, we were all talking about Jimmy Johnson at the end of the race. It's just, you know, it's always coulda, woulda, shoulda with these types of situations. It just, to me, it's like, man, Jimmy, just finish second, go to next week.
0: Right. I know. Well, I mean, it's, and it kind of goes to show you how much um, race wins still, you know, because, you know, Brian France- who's not around anymore, you know, he he lamented for a while that drivers would get out of the car too often and say it was a good points day. And under the old system, um, it, there's some temptation to be like, all right, you know, maybe he would have settled. And and wins have, I think, mean more, again, you know, with playoff points, bonus points, all stuff. Obviously, he wanted to win to win. That was why he was going for it. But um, it seems like there's a heightened emphasis on winning again. And, you know, the automatic thing, even though he would have been through easily if he finished second, but I just think all of a sudden, in that split moment, you just get crazy right. and go no, for I it. I understand. And, and um, like you
1: said, he's a racer. You want that trophy. But one thing, too, there at the end of this race that I think is sort of the, the main topic we should all be considering this week, Penske is here for this title. Hmm. You know, I mean, think about it. They've won, What? Four out of the last five races is that is that the number? Am I I think I'm right on that. And you know, yeah, we nobody's really talking because Brad went on such a run there. But Penske, man, I, I think they're definitely coming for it.
0: I, I don't know. I still, every time this happens, I'm like, well, you know, Brad didn't have the best car, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that happened three times in a row. And now today, I mean, Blaney wasn't going to win the race. It's not like right. he, you know, went out there and dominated or something. And this re- uh, actually this sport is so momentum based. Brad might've won the race though. Right. He exactly. Had yeah. uh, he might've been able to stretch his fuel. I don't know. But, um, you know who else we have to talk about, which is insane. I finally saw the replay well after I came back to the media center was Kyle Larson, Um, Yeah, so I I had no idea how that happened that that he was able to get that one point by passing Jeffrey Earnhardt the line. So and and it was great to hear him tell it in the media center. You were you were there Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, he's has a wreck car. He can't even steer it Yeah, it was falling apart He's getting onto the oval and basically what what is turn one of the nascar traditional nascar oval and they tell him Hey, they're wrecking at the start finish line all the way back around So he starts getting on the gas. He's trying to drive around. He's all the way at the back barely making it, blows it, gets all the way around, and here's on the backstretch that the 96 is solved. You can get this one position, right? Mm-hmm. So he's busting his butt to get around, and um, the, he, he blows a tire in what is turn three and four for the NASCAR oval, hits the wall, bounces off the wall at just the exact angle where he can still somehow make it through the chicane, which Jimmy Johnson couldn't do with right. four tires <laughs> and no problems. Um, <laughs> And then bounces off the wall again, pinballs it, comes back across the start finish line, beats Jeffrey Earnhardt. It was almost like a Ricky Bobby type moment. Oh or yeah, something. no, absolutely.
1: And that really just shows you too the amount of of car control and spatial awareness that Kyle Larson has while strapped into these race cars. It's incredible. And he had such a great run today, and it was no secret coming into this weekend. Kyle Larson was not a fan of the Roval. He just wasn't. I mean, you can look, we had a, on race day today, we had a pop quiz where we were just asking drivers random questions about the Roval. Like how many laps is the Roval? What, how long is the Roval? Uh, how many turns total in the race will there be? Every one of Larson's answers were too many, too long, <laughs> too much, that, that sort of thing. He just, he was not a fan of it. Do you think maybe he, he's come around a little bit there at the end? I mean, because he ran great, he advances, he, he skips it. I was thinking, too, if he had won the race today, because there for a while, you know, it looked like he was certainly the class of the field. It, will Kyle Larson be a Roval fan by the end of the day? I, I guess I doubt it, because he did have kind of a crazy day, but he made it through, he advances, he goes on to the next weekend, and it was fun. Come on, Kyle.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Maybe he, you know, it, the fact that he ran so well, and Chase Briscoe, another sprint car guy, ran uh, one yesterday and said after after that he was like hey i kind of drove it it kind of felt like a sprint car it felt like dirt out there to me because of the the slipping and sliding and the how you can't hook up the back tires and things like that so maybe sprint car drivers are magically good at the roval i don't know i mean kyle larson certainly drove a great race let's talk about guys aside from jimmy johnson who were eliminated so i doubt many people had this combination in the first round getting going out uh jimmy johnson austin Dillon, probably a lot of people had that Austin Dillon wasn't a favorite but he had a couple Good races leading up to this and then Unfortunately goes out Um, Denny Hamlin out in the First round and Eric Jones who was like The hottest driver or one of the hottest Drivers coming in I think the Last 10 races or something like that before the The playoffs started he was Only like second only to Kevin Harvick in uh, Average finisher points or something And so he had a ton of momentum He's out Um, You know it's Alex Bowman Makes it through though I mean, Clint Boyer, uh, Eric Almirola. So there's some interesting names left. Um, I I do think, though, that not having Johnson in there and not having specifically Hamlin, who's good at Martinsville and places like that, that kind of opens things up a little bit.
1: I mean, what's your take on those four who went out? Well, do you think now, I think one thing, I think Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin both win a race in the final seven. Really? The pressure's off. It's, you know, start start looking at Daytona, but think about how great Denny Hamlin is at Martinsville. Think about the tracks that we have coming up where Jimmy Johnson has dominated in the past. I've always said that the second that pressure is off these guys, something changes. Something just, you, you go to the track and you go for fun. And I know there are a lot of people that complain about the fact that we have... Fillers now in the championship races i don't really know how you fix that problem race fans that complain about that but jimmy johnson gets to go and if you finish last eh, if you win then you got to say well i didn't go an entire season without winning a race so i definitely think i think next week jimmy johnson shows up after being so good here today and seeing what he can do coming through the field so many times passing so many cars and yeah he he didn't he didn't hook it up there at the end and didn't but he was there he was so close and he had speed so i I think that you got to watch out for jimmy johnson to maybe play spoiler for the rest of the season now i think
0: i don't know i you know i i've (laughs) said all season that i didn't think he was going to win a race so i'm not going to suddenly go out now and i almost got proven wrong today but, um, I think
1: if a seven-time champion is in the field mm-hmm. in a Hendrick car, you can never count him out. You can't, you know, he's not going to win the championship now. Right. But I will continue to say that. I've said it on every live stream that I've done at every track this year. You can't count out Jimmy Johnson. I will continue to back seven time.
0: Well, it is pretty shocking how now we're at the point where there's uh, seven races left in the season. And Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin, I believe, are both... Faced with the potential of the for the first time in their career not winning a race Mm -hmm. um they've they've always won so uh that's a pretty interesting situation um does does anything that happened in the first round change uh what i mean you know does blaney have momentum now do you see him or is it just was that just today just a one race kind of fluky thing
1: i think as i said earlier i think this sport relies or the the drivers and teams rely so heavily on momentum Mm -hmm. i definitely think this this will propel Blaney at least i think until the round of 8 i think so he, does
0: does that hurt Kozlowski then because he blew it today
1: no i, I the thing is is brad kaslowski he came in he, he won three races in a row a few mm. weeks ago i think that much momentum and as good as he was today cuz yeah. he was and you know sometimes the dominoes just don't fall in the in the right direction for you i don't think brad kaslowski can hang his head after today if he had been you know 15th 20th struggling to stay on the lead lap the whole race just never got it right then you leave here and you're like okay brad he he sort of he stepped backwards Mm -hmm. and he didn't get the finish that he wanted and at the end of the day he's got a bunch of sheet metal that they've got to cut off that two car but I don't think it was overall by any means a bad day for Brad Kozlowski. And he still got that, we went on a great run a few weeks ago going into the next week.
0: Yeah. Well, and he does have some solace in the fact that other people crashed with him in that moment. If it had just been him, <laughs> right, who was no. the race leader, drove it into the wall, and everybody else was like, okay, have uh, fun. Well, that was and weird. Then, yeah. And everybody <laughs> just drove by. And, you know, but the fact that everybody else piled in, um, that is one of the craziest moments. Well, I thought that was going to be the craziest moment of the day, obviously, and then till the finish. Oh no! I see yeah.
1: the, the second that we had that late caution to to set up. That late restart, I knew that this bunches them back up. We are going. This is going to be wild. Now, I I knew that we would be too wide in that. I didn't know who it was going to be exactly, but I really thought that we're going to be too wide in the front stretch chicane coming to the finish, and it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, luckily that uh, that definitely didn't disappoint.
0: Let's go back and, and talk about the roval because I don't think it's gotten enough love yet. Uh, although everybody seemed to love it today, but I mean, this decision ultimately. Uh, you know, everybody was excited about something new and fresh, but the fact that it delivered with drama and delivered with pretty clean, good racing, uh, for most of the race, uh, until, until the craziness at the end, I keep going back though to, they don't have to crash. I mean, this, this wasn't Talladega or Daytona. It, it's not like it, it was a requirement that they were all going to go in there at the end. They blew it. Those guys made mistakes. They blew it. It was a very hard course they had old tires and they, they all messed up. And Jimmy Johnson, seven time championship, me- uh, champion messed up at the end. So, it's not like some random thing. This was a hard course and it it showed at the end. Um, when they were tiptoeing around trying to save fuel and taking it easy, that didn't show up as well as, you know, all the craziness. But um, this idea that Marcus Smith had calling Steve O'Donnell and saying, What do you think about doing this? I mean, I can never even imagine them considering going back to the
1: Oval for this fall playoff race. No, I think the Roval's here to stay. Yeah. I, I really do. Why would you why would you go back to a race that and you know, and, and Charlotte Motor Speedway's fun. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not hating on, on the this oval. race sucked. and I was sucked. Oh yeah. L- late the in the year, yeah. It, you know, we saw how many times did we see somebody just blow everyone's doors off. I mean yeah. like so, in the six hundred. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I'm not I'm not gonna hate on the, the All Star race in the six hundred, those are Fox races. I love those races. <laughs> That's okay. right, I'm sorry. But <laughs> but uh, you know, definitely think the Roval was a success and you know, regardless of whether it's a first half of the year race or the second half of the year race or rising tide, you know, rings up all ships, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm happy that NASCAR had this success, that Charlotte Motor Speedway, you know, a track that I love so much, it's four minutes away from where I sleep every night. So I love this race and I love for it to be – an event and i'm glad that i was able to be here to see this with my own eyes i don't do a lot of traveling the second half of the season so this is one that i was able to be here and feel it and you could really feel the excitement this morning and i think after that finish that we had today i think we'll have more ticket sales whenever we get back here in the fall
0: well, I, I'm anxious to go uh, scour Twitter and see fan videos and stuff that people will be posting from from their reactions because I saw one from um, Christian Espinoza who has a, a suite up here. Um, mm-hmm. He lives in the suite. He's a student at UNC Charlotte, and he and a bunch of his buddies were up there, and they posted it after the Keselowski wreck of just
1: them going, oh! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you so, know there are some Blaney fan videos that are gonna be submitted over the next couple of stuff. hours. Yeah. That are that didn't even really, you know, it's not gonna be one of those, come on, come on, and then they win because how many were gonna be like, Oh wait, Blaney won? <laughs> right, <laughs> that right. That'll be the best I, part of it. I just those. want to
0: see people, you know, filming the finish and they're thinking, Oh, Jimmy's gonna win, and just hear the crowd going, Oh, I mean, that's that's what makes sports so fun. Uh unpredictable, crazy stuff like that that you could never script or dream of writing if you were writing some fiction on thing. the other
1: side of that too we'll probably get some fan videos of you know wearing their 48s and their their Lowe's hats and then just right. heartbreak right I mean because it, it really is I mean how many of those did we see over the years of like Dale Jr. being so close like here at Charlotte that year where we thought Jr. was going to win the race and he ran out and Kevin Harvick went on to win out of nowhere it'll be kind of like those yeah just the, the heartbreak and I, I'm still I'm heartbroken for Jimmy. I, I mean, actually feel
0: really – but I mean, you know, now that you put it that way. Like, I can't imagine a 48 fan sitting at home on the couch. Here, he hasn't won all year. They've been out to lunch. They barely made the playoffs. Here he is. He's, you know, diving underneath Truex. He's got a shot to win. They jump up off their couch. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy. Yeah. What? Oh, my yeah. gosh. No. And then, not only that, he misses the pl- next round of the playoffs.
1: Unreal. What a, what a turn of events. So now we know – you know, and I'm not going to say Jimmy Johnson – won't be able to to make a comeback and win the championship in 2019 but this was his last chance to get that eighth championship and all eight be with the Lowe's colors uh, that's it didn't think about it's, that that his his he will not win eight championships with Lowe's and yeah. so that's you know if, if he wins it next year it'd be great but it'll be with different colors yeah wow this is
0: this was so crazy um what a great first round for NASCAR uh lots of momentum mm-hmm. as you said so now the question is how many fans will think that this was a good race? I, I, I cannot imagine <laughs> other than just hateful people saying that this wasn't a good race. I mean, there will be people that point out, um, OK, well, mostly it was tame fuel mileage. Maybe people won't like that. Maybe people won't like road course racing, whatever. But I mean, gosh, if this isn't a good race, I just don't know. Anyway, what do you what was your guess as far as the percentage for the was it a good race poll for what, what people will say tomorrow when I put the poll out?
1: I just think, you know, a lot of times there are obvious answers Mm -hmm. like i I did uh, i did a twitter poll yesterday and even though it was obvious i kind of wanted to see what people would think Mm -hmm. i did a poll on the nascar on fox handles and said um did nascar make the right call or uh, charlotte motor speedway and nascar make the right call in modifying the back stretch chicane wall Mm -hmm. that's an obvious yes they made the right call there right i think the yes no ratio on that one was about 67 Something like that. I think wow. the yeses were 67. Maybe I haven't gone back to check the final. It was it was 67. Whenever I was checked it, and it had about an hour to go. So honestly, I think it'll still probably be about a 70-40 on that or 70. 70- 30, thirty. Sorry, yeah, my, my my math. I'm about as good at math as Eric Jones saying seventeen thousand turns in that same <laughs> in that same uh, pop quiz that we did on race day. That's what he said, seventeen <laughs> thousand turns. turns. Yeah, but I, of course I think he was kind of leaning toward the seventeen hundred. But still, I, I think you'll get, I think you'll get seventy thirty uh, on that. Being yes, no.
0: I'm I'm gonna go way high on this. I'm gonna go like ninety five percent tie the best race ever. Kind of thing that's really i think it's going to be people are just going to be like
1: this is freaking awesome that it was amazing i i, I mean I, just, I, do, I do maybe I'm, just, I'm a bit jaded because yeah. it just seems like so many times it's like that was that was an obvious one guys come on right but, oh I, you know, know. I, I know i hope so i, I hope this that i i, I genuinely do that it, it can be one of those you know 95 saying i think it it'll be over race. 90. I don't, but there's so get many people but. that were mad at this and right. i don't know why but I saw so many comments saying, "Oh, this is just a gimmick. All oh, this is That's true. this is manufactured drama. No matter what happens." That's and true. And so, you know, guys, come on! It's a race, right? And and it was a fun race. It was a road course race. And I, I'll continue to to wear the hat of. NASCAR needs more road courses. I, I'm not sure that we need another Roval or that really there are other people that should or would do the Roval because come on, let, let Charlotte have their thing. They were the first <laughs> to the plate. Let, let them be the ones that do this. But maybe, you know, when we can when we can kind of shake up the schedule a little bit in a couple of years, go to some, take the Cup Series to, to Road America. Take Take the Cup Series to Canadian Tire. I, mm-hmm. I think we need more road course racing in in the cup series
0: well i i can't argue with that at all um i'm super super happy i was here today as as you and uh thank you for joining us would you rather people just follow you on nas the at nascar on fox account which you do so well with or would you uh <laughs> Are you do you want people to follow your personal one too? Give a, give a shout out for where they can find you.
1: Well, well, if the main thing is that if they follow my my personal stuff, it's at CJ Williver. But if they follow my personal stuff, they're going to get a lot of NASCAR on Fox retweets and pictures of this tiny little dog that I run around with all the time. So if you're looking for NASCAR content, yeah, I would definitely endorse the at NASCAR on Fox handles. Uh, the Instagram accounts we're we're building there a lot. It's a lot of fun stuff that we do not so much just you know news and and you know all oh, this this driver's going here that sort of thing we do a lot of what we do a lot more fun content on the Instagram side. So if I had to if I had to shill one uh one account over all the others, I think our Instagram count's the one that you're, you're going to have a lot of fun with. Cool. Yeah, uh, I can tell. On Fox with a blue check mark across all three.
0: I can tell you have fun with it. You had a uh, just before we go you had a great uh we, we didn't talk about <laughs> the signs today but the the, uh, you had a great comment about the chicken when the 23 car ran into the Bojangle sign, uh, something like...
1: Oh, if this this sticker is very dangerous and inconvenient, but boy do I love chickens! So, yeah, exactly. And the thing so is too, good. if Bojangles doesn't have more signs for the you know up your your amount of signs yes. for the Roval in twenty nineteen, make like a minefield of
0: signs. Just, if they run off signs all over the place. So we have
1: four or five of those next year. Yeah. So Bojangles, step up the amount of the amount of signs that you have for twenty nineteen at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They should literally the sponsorship in field of signs. worked out. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> (laughs) Anyway, CJ, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And what a pleasure it was to be on the Jeff Gluck podcast via jeffgluck.com, hosted by Jeff Gluck. That was a lot of fun. I had to say that. (laughs) Triple, triple Jeff. (laughs) Um, Coming
0: up next week, I just want to give a quick note that Thursday will be a special How I Got Here interview with new NASCAR president Steve Phelps. So make sure to check that one out if you've been listening to that this year. And of course we'll have a host of 12 questions and how I got here is coming up in the near future. the Holly
1: Kane episode was so great too. I want to say that. That was, thank you. uh, I just want to commend you on that one. That was a great story.
0: Well, that's, that's all her. But anyway, um, thank you again, CJ. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.